What is up, my fellow boners and bonettes? It's good to be back. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Spooky Boners Family Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John Prout. Got a new story for you today. Fresh and hot out the oven. Narrated by Papa Spooks. My dad, Larry Prout Sr. It's my favorite time of the year. Best time of the year. Nothing like it. Leaves are changing. Weather's getting it's beautiful. Clear blue skies, cool air, no humidity. Football's on. Cider mills are open. Pumpkin's out. Of course, Halloween just around the corner. So what a better time than to start getting into or listening to some more scary stories to keep you up at night. And we got a brand new one for you today. It's a bit of a tragedy. About a man that you could say is a bit misunderstood. The story's called You Light Up My Life. So grab a hot drink or a stiff one. Turn down the lights, cozy on up, and enjoy another story by Spooky Boners Podcast. On August 8th, 1892, at 6 a.m., Wilhelm Schultz woke up in a cell located in solitary confinement area of the prison. His arms and legs were shackled together, and there was good reason for this. Wilhelm was a killer. He indiscriminately hunted and butchered his victims. The newspapers reported that he was a cannibal as well. Crime scene photos and witness reports indicated teeth marks on the corpses, as well as torn flesh from the bone. It had been determined that Wilhelm was the murderer, with the evidence of a torn-up shirt that was left at the most recent murder scene. Local pub patrons later remembered seeing the shirt in its unusual embroidery. They said it was worn by a very large man who didn't seem to quite fit in. He sat, isolated in the corner of the pub, drinking alone. That man was later identified as Wilhelm Schultz. It was deduced that his shirt had been torn off during the struggle with his victim. There were also some bank papers with the name Wilhelm Schultz scribbled on them. When asked by the police if this was his signature on the bank papers, Wilhelm nodded. He did not speak. The latest murder scene was very similar to all the other killings. The victim's bodies, or what was left of them, were torn open with organs strewn all over the ground body parts scattered or missing, and broken bones. The killer seemed to attack his victims with great rage. When the police finally caught up with Wilhelm after this latest murder, he was sitting under a tree in a park. He was wearing no shirt, his pants were torn, and he was shoeless. He was also covered in dry blood. Wilhelm went willingly with the police. His captors later reported that he seemed tired and deep in contemplation. Wilhelm was a large man. Six foot seven and weighed about 300 pounds. His bulk was contradictory to his movements. He was quiet, agile, and he could leap and climb. He was very strong and cunning. No one knew where he came from, 
Some guess Wilhelm was of German descent. He seemed to have no family. At least no one stepped forward to admit that they were kin to him. He spoke not a word. Rumors suggested that the medical school had created him accidentally. From the murder and mayhem that Wilhelm had laid in his path, most figured he was born in hell. Regardless, the city of New York could rest now, knowing that their monster had been captured. Wilhelm was to be executed. Not by hanging, which was the most common method of execution prior to the 1890s. With the excitement and growing of electricity, a new killing device had been created. It had been tested on animals large and small, the largest being a horse. Wilhelm had the distinct honor of being the first human to pay for their crimes with this experimental killing machine. Some argued that this new device was inhumane. Others offered that it was more humane than hanging when it came to executions. Those argued in favor of old Sparky were racing to be the first to get a patent on the device, looking to make it rich. It would later be written that the electric chair's midwife was greed, the kind of pure, unadulterated greed from which the Gilded Age was famous. The warden unlocked the cell, which kept all of humanity safe from Wilhelm. Then he slowly and cautiously opened the cell door. The old door creaked and moaned on its hinges. The room smelled of mold and sweat. As the warden stood by the cell door, four prison guards entered the cell. Three of the men had four-foot poles that had nooses at the end of them. One noose was thrown over Wilhelm's torso and pulled tight. The other went around his neck from the back. Still another noose around his neck from the front. Securing Wilhelm had been rehearsed over and over again. There could be no mistakes. The three prison guards held tight as Wilhelm began to struggle under the shackles and nooses. The fourth prison guard moved in with a leather mask and quickly slipped the leather mask over Wilhelm's head. It was then when the fourth guard pressed a cloth that had been soaked in chloroform against the breathing area in the mask. Wilhelm continued to struggle and growl. The three guards that held him strained every muscle in their bodies to keep Wilhelm from breaking free. This epic battle between captive and captors continued until Wilhelm's movements slowed and his breathing became heavy. A large gurney was brought into the cell, and as Wilhelm's body wavered, the guards guided his massive bulk down towards the gurney. And with one strenuous movement, they were able to lay and secure Wilhelm to the cold, metallic wheeled sled. Preparations for the execution had begun when Wilhelm had been unconscious. His head had been shaven. Now a leather helmet containing electrodes was placed over his head. More electrodes were strapped to his leg and to allow the current to flow through his body. At this point, Wilhelm was becoming conscious. He could only move his eyes. They scanned the room. They looked at, down at his lap and at the floor. Through the observation windows that led into the next room, he could see many people watching him. Knowing that Wilhelm was secure in the chair, the warden entered the room. Wilhelm, you will have the distinct honor of being the first to die in the electric chair. It will be a quick death, much quicker than hanging on the end of a rope. Do you have any last words? Asked the warden. Wilhelm just stared at the warden in silence. With that, the warden turned and left the room. The warden entered the observation room to join the prison guards, reporters, a doctor, and the inventor who was looking to be the first to patent the killing machine. The warden motioned to one of the guards to flip the switch of the new created electric chair. 
The car hesitated for a split second and then activated the switch. 2,000 volts of electricity instantly entered Wilhelm's body. His shoulders raised abruptly. His internal body temperature raised to 140 degrees Fahrenheit. A flame shot from underneath the hood worn by Wilhelm. The air smelled of burning flesh and hair. Blood could be seen saturating his chest as it ran down from underneath the dark hood. There was an audible gasp of horror that could be heard from the onlookers. The warden gave the signal to turn the machine off. All was quiet in the small, smoke-filled room where Wilhelm sat. The crowd, just on the other side of the observation glass, murmured in quiet voices. History had just been made. The electric chair seemed to have claimed its first victim in a swift, successful manner. The chair could be adjusted to lessen the burning of flesh and blood, the inventor thought to himself. Those kind of adjustments are insignificant. The point is that the electric chair worked. The inventor knew there were many contracts to be signed and money to be made from prisons all over the country, perhaps the world. This was going to be big. As the reporters wrote and took pictures, the doctor opened the door and entered the room where Wilhelm sat slumped in the chair. He was still strapped in, still wearing the hood. The doctor covered his nose and mouth with a cloth as not to smell or taste the burning odor that still lingered in the air. He needed to do his job, which was making sure the prisoner was dead. As he stood before the chair that held the lifeless body, it was obvious to him that the electric chair had instantly killed Wilhelm. The doctor stepped forward and took Wilhelm's wrist to feel for a pulse. As he took hold of the prisoner's wrist, his hand was met with the hand of Wilhelm. Wilhelm's hand clamped down on the doctor's wrist like a vice. Still writing and taking photos and congratulating each other, the crowd was unaware of the events happening on the other side of the observation glass until the doctor gave out a terrific scream. All at once, everyone looked up and stared for a brief moment until the warden shouted, Good God, man, he's still alive! Wilhelm still had the doctor by the wrist when the straps that held his arm gave way and freed the arm that was connected to the doctor. With one powerful jerk, Wilhelm tore the doctor's arm right out of his socket. Almost simultaneously, the warden shouted, Turn the current back on! A guard scrambled over to the switch that controlled the current to the chair. He threw the switch to the up position. 2,000 volts hit the electrodes on Wilhelm's head again. He instantly dropped the doctor's arm that was still in his grip. Wilhelm had one free hand and somehow fought the current racing through his body and broke free of the chair, falling to the floor, disconnecting the electrodes connected to his head and leg. The crowd stood motionless in the next room, shocked by the recent turn of events. Wilhelm slowly stood up and removed the black hood that was placed over his head. What the crowd saw resembled a very tall man weighing over 300 pounds, but as everyone's minds cleared, it was obvious there was something incredibly wrong with the vision before them. Underneath the human structure of the man lay a beast. Hair sprouted from underneath Wilhelm's deeply burned flesh. Parts of Wilhelm's skin was tearing, revealing hair-covered muscular arms and legs just beneath the human skin. Half of the face was man, the other half was a beast, with a protruding snout, gnashing teeth, and a canine ear. The 2,000 volts that had been blasted through Wilhelm's body forced the beast out of hiding. A partial transformation had occurred. Wilhelm had never been in a partial transformation. The curse made him a beast and left him a man when the killing was done. He was never both at the same time. 
He would remember things that had happened when he was a beast by having nightmares or visions of blood, death, and murder. Now he was a spectator to every move of the beast. The abomination stepped away from the chair and glanced down at the doctor who lay still alive moaning on the floor. The beast raised its foot and brought it down, crushing the doctor's head like a pumpkin. Brains and blood spattered across the floor. The monster then picked up the doctor's body and threw it through the glass observation windows. The electric chair was next to be thrown by the beast as if it was a child's toy. The chair landed in the observation room, slid across the floor, and lodged itself in front of the exit door. The hulking monster then leaped from one room through the broken windows and into the observation room where he stood before his antagonizers. Like shooting fish in a barrel, the beast wouldn't miss, and Wilhelm was a witness to it all. Blood, inners, and limbs filled the room as the man-beast raged through the observation room. The high-pitched screams of the victims were met with a deep growl and a tearing of flesh and the cracking of bone. The prisoners had no idea of the secret testing of the chair that was being conducted in the adjacent wing of the prison. Most guards had no idea either. All anyone knew was that it was a typical prison day. And not and now that it was lunch, the guards started unlocking the inmates' cells and escorting inmates into the cafeteria. As the inmates entered the prison cafeteria, conversation and footsteps could be heard. All of the lunchtime commotion suddenly came to an abrupt stop. Everyone stood and listened as a loud, deep, wolf-like howl could be heard coming from down the corridor. What a shocking story indeed. <laughs> Poor old Wilhelm, victim to one of man's greatest accomplishments, harnessing quite possibly the strongest power nature has to offer on this planet. Power that can be abused will be abused, and Wilhelm found this out firsthand. And so did the unfortunate bystanders. Hope you enjoyed that story, again, by Papa Spooks. And if you enjoyed it, go on over to our SoundCloud page. Spooky Boners, family podcast, where there's other stories that, if that didn't quite fulfill your appetite, maybe another one will. Also on our Facebook page, Papa Spook's always keeping it up to date with some bizarre stories. I have no idea where he finds them in the darkest corners of the interwebs, which I do not want to travel to. Thank you for listening once again, and as always, stay spooked, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>